The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast where we promise we actually do know that television exists. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Pictures get perks. Patrons get those perks. Safeties. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and when he comes back as a Navi, he will be a totally separate character. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Triggered. Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, each week, we will talk about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome them. They are the geniuses behind SifPop.com. It is... Aaron Schweitzer and Robert Buffard. Hey, I was trying to whistle, and it's too early in the morning for whistling, so I apologize. I gotta wet you're my whistle. You have a whole soundboard right in front of you, and you're just gonna <laughs> try to make you know. This is noises. a fair point. This is a fair point. You make you make a valid, valid point. Well, good morning to those watching live, and uh, welcome to those listening on the podcast. It is part one. of of the Sifties, an ongoing tradition here at Sif Pop towards the end of January, to rank stuff, to take a look at the things we saw over the course of the year and talk about which we like the best. We very much go on a favorites system at Sif Pop. This is not any kind of qualification of what is best, better, or worst. This is a qualification of our own enjoyment and desire to enjoy pop culture. So the choices we make are about our favorites and not necessarily the best. Want to get that out there, uh, you know, right off the bat. Uh, it was interesting at the uh, Critics' Choice Awards, Kate uh, Blanchett won for Best uh, Actress, and during her speech, 
went on a rant that I've heard other actors do about why do we do this thing? Why do we make this a horse race? And I always find it interesting when you do that as you're winning an award that you showed up to win. <laughs> but that's, you know, neither here nor there. I actually appreciate I like when people kind of question why we do these kind of things. If I were to have a conversation with Kate and others who have said those kind of things, I think it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive to celebrate the pop culture that has happened over the year by talking about our favorite things and actually choosing our favorite things that doesn't have to be exclusive to pitting a you know movies or actors against each other in a competition um there is a slight distinction between sports and pop culture rankings and i think that distinction has to do with the art of it all uh so um the the subjectivity will always make these conversations interesting and i think worthwhile having and uh, so i'm glad to have you guys on to do that again this year so we will break it down uh and we will do a few categories for this show kind of some of the superlative categories we'll do our television rankings on this first episode and then next week uh we will do our uh overall best movies best performances in best movie moments um as well as the official sif pop ranking from all our sif pop contributors uh so looking forward to all of that before we get into it though I did want to check in with Aaron and Robert. Uh, how are things going with like the website? And Aaron, I know Writer's Room Podcast is kicking along. So um, Robert, tell us a little bit about uh, SifPop.com and kind of what's going on over there these days. We have a lot of fun stuff going on at SifPop.com. Over the holidays and the beginning of the new year, we kind of took a break from doing the best ever challenges in favor of doing our own version of the Sifties in which the 20, 30 or so writers, we all got together nominated for... 10 different awards and you can check the website and find all those. Um, we have more active writers than we've ever had. Last year we had more page views and more reviews published, more everything published than we've ever had. Um, yeah, things at the site are popping. We got a lot of great people. We got a lot of good stuff like Aaron S is going to talk about with the podcast. Um, got a great community going with a lot of great people and it's just a lot of fun. You could say things over at the site are sift popping. They're sift popping. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Just wanted to make sure that was clear. My soul started to die as soon as Aaron <laughs> said, "You could say." That's right. it. It's all you need. Just those yeah. trigger words, and it's like, yeah. oh boy, oh boy, something's coming. No, you could say. Uh, Aaron, what about Writers Room Podcast? How's stuff going over there? Yeah. Uh, uh, so the podcast is a forum for us to be able to give a voice to all the writers um, outside of their uh, writing on the website. Um, so doing things a little different um, this time because we're just kicking off movies from my watch list um, instead of like the traditional format that we've had. Mm -hmm. And that's been a lot of fun so far. It's been good to kind of see films that kind of don't necessarily fit a bubble of something, um, but they're just kind of like any film. Like under the past format, I really don't see any way that we would have talked about like Wolf of Wall Street, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, we did just do um, our top five, every writer that submitted me um, their top five movies of the year. That episode went live uh, a week and a half ago, so that's up on there. Um, and just some, um, some fun things happening. Uh, one of the other um, things that's happening is Robert is going to start doing a once a month episode on the first Saturday of every month that'll be grabbing a writer and doing like four or five reviews from movies from the previous month um, so just kind of like a review roundup um, so um, I think that's the the main things just 
we're trucking along. It's it's a good time. We have riders from Australia, uh, England, um, Scotland, um, all over the U.S. Uh, it's a it's just a fun time. If you're interested, by the way, if uh, you've ever thought I would, you know, like to give a shot at writing those kind of things, uh, we really do view the website as an opportunity to find your footing and how you feel about that. So if you're curious, just uh, hit us up with an email. Um, you can be Aaron at Sifpop.com will work. Uh, feedback at Sifpop.com will work. Uh, whatever the case may be. Um, because that's been one of my favorite things about the website and what you guys are doing with it and you know the heart behind it is that this is a group of a large group of people who are finding their voice on what it means to talk about pop culture, what it means to write about pop culture, what it means to do a podcast about pop culture and how that feels. And we know that makes it a little bit of a revolving door sometimes because people come in and they're like, you know, actually I thought I would like doing this, but maybe I'm, you know, I don't enjoy doing this or people who come in and really have a good time with it and, you know, move on to do their own thing or whatever the case may be. But, uh, but sifpop.com has been, um, it's been really fun to see what you guys are doing with it this year. And, have really enjoyed uh, the content. Uh, so thank you. Thank you guys for doing that and really, really appreciate it. Yeah, love doing it. Uh, all right, so let's get into it. Uh, here are the categories for this first episode of The Sifties. We will start off, each of us will choose our single best non-movie pop culture moment of the year for us personally. This could be an episode of a TV show. It could be a song you love, a video game you love. It could be anything that would be included as pop culture, uh, but is not a movie. Uh, so that will be the first category. Uh, and then we will go through our biggest letdowns, our biggest surprises. Uh, and then we will do overrated and underrated as well. Or as we like to say, not for me, not for them. Um, you know, that idea. So, and then of course we'll end with our TV countdown. So this first category, we just pick one. Non-movie pop culture moment. Robert, you're going to kick us off. What is your non-movie pop culture moment of 2022? Uh, well, I remember a couple years ago on this in this section, someone did sports. So I'm going with a sports moment. And as a, big, as a big Boston sports fan, I have to choose uh, Celtics versus Heat, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Um, it went downhill from there after for the Celtics, <laughs> but that was a huge moment for me um, and very exciting. Um, and for me, pop culture is movies and sports. Um, so, yeah, that's that's got to be my, my number one. That's amazing. Uh, I I think it's it's interesting. The Boston sports thing has has changed so much in my lifetime. Because, I mean, the Celtics have been good, you know, obviously yeah. with Larry Bird and, and whatnot. And that was like when I was a kid, kid. Uh, but like then to have the, the Patriots become a dynasty and, you know, the Red Sox actually start winning championships. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's just it's been this weird transition uh, to for my Boston sports fans. So, uh yeah. I, anytime a Very Boston sports it. sports fan starts talking about sports right now, I get a little annoyed because, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a Detroit sports fan, it's been a while. It's been a long, long while. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, we had the Red Wings in like the late 90s was the last time. So, no, that's hey, not Red true. Red Wings are still doing too. 
pretty good. No, I mean, not really. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, come on. I think you... I do need to correct they, myself. They've got the talent. I don't want to turn this into I do need to correct myself. The, the Pistons won a title in 2004. They uh, they took out the Lakers that year, and that was really fun. So, but that, <laughs> Ron Artest took a lot of other things out that year, too. <laughs> that was the next the year. Red Wings are on the later half of a rebuild, but they're like third or fourth to last yeah, in the league. Yeah. Uh, very nice. Good choice, Robert. Uh, Andrew, what do you got? Real quick, I want to say the 50s, probably besides the Sposkers and the uh, the most anticipated movies, mm-hmm. this is my favorite podcast we do each year. Yeah. I just wanted to say that real quick. I love it so yeah, much. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But my number one pick for my favorite non-movie pop culture moment goes to the music and the music video for Bring Back the Time, the hit single from a giant collaboration from New Kids on the Block, <laughs> In Vogue, Rick Astley, and Salt and Pepper. All amazing, you know, 80s, 90s, you know, bands coming together to deliver a like a really, really good song. Probably, probably my favorite. No, it, it definitely is my favorite song of the year. Nice. So, if you haven't seen it or heard it, definitely check it out. It's crazy good. So, Andrew's uh, non-movie pop culture moment of the year is nostalgia. Uh, yes. Is- <laughs> that's exactly. In its purest form. No, that's a great choice. Great choice. Uh, I'll go next. Um, I got a chance in Nashville this year to catch Mike Birbiglia as he was transitioning from Los Angeles to New York with his brand new show, The Old Man in the Pool, um, and just happened to be in Nashville when I w- uh, was in Nashville and uh, went with a group of people to see him do The Old Man in the Pool, and it was by far the funniest thing I've ever seen in person, uh, like live stage. Um, so is that the name of his new tour? The uh, yeah well so interestingly enough he did it in Los Angeles and just started selling out shows in L A and people were loving it and then Broadway was like hey can we get you on Broadway for a while and so he was like sure so he signed a deal um, to do some shows in New York which I think finish up this week or last week um, but did like a three or four month run on Broadway and in between. I think he just picked a couple spots uh, where he could do shows, and one of them happened to be at the Grand Old Opry. Uh, that's not true. Uh, it's where the Grand Old Opry used to be uh, in Nashville, um, downtown. So uh, the Ryman, Ryman Auditorium. And it was the most uncomfortable I've ever been during a show because I don't know if you know this about the Ryman, but it's an old church and it's hardwood pews and they're not very far in front of each other. So, uh, like, it's one of those situations where a man of my stature has no choice but to manspread. Uh, otherwise, I have to stick both my knees through solid wood. Um, yeah. And that's generally not possible. Uh, so, apologies to people on both sides of me uh, during this show. Uh, that's why for you got to get there earlier and get to the front <laughs> pew. You know, it's kind of like the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it was a side seating. Uh, so, oh. uh, yeah. Um, but anyways, Berbiglia, Old Man in the Pool, I imagine, I imagine this will be streaming at some point. Uh, I imagine he will he will put this on some sort of uh, video. So uh, when he does, check it out because it's absolutely amazing. Um, and I, I love that guy. Was He's privileged so funny. to see it live. Yeah, I, he, he is... 
in my opinion, the closest we will get to understanding what it must have been like to go see like Mark Twain or somebody like that, where they're just mm. like they're a humorist, but they're also like conversational and um, he's just so good at telling stories. And that's what sets him apart, I think, from a lot of stand ups or a lot of comedians is that he's not telling jokes. He's not even doing topical humor. He's storytelling, but he does it so, so well. Um, uh, it's it's very cohesive, has a beginning, middle, and end, uh, thematically is structured beautifully. It's just, it's it's really great work. Um, so, yeah, that was my, my favorite non-movie pop culture moment. Aaron, what about you? Uh, yeah, I, I guess a little bit of like shameless self-promotion here, but um, on the Writer's Room podcast, I got a chance to interview James Makowski, who is a film archivist for Francis Ford Coppola's um, company. And so he's worked on a lot of his uh, films and most recently worked on the 4K transfer of The Godfather. Uh, and so it was just really cool because it's like one of those things where like, I'm not an industry person. Like I don't get to go to the Critics' Choice Awards and take selfies with Weird Al, you know. <laughs> so like, I took anybody... one selfie this year, <laughs> one. Make it so, count, like, buddy. So like to me, it's anybody that really gets like uh, you know, is willing to give their time uh, to to this podcast. Um, uh, you know that probably gets thirty views. I don't know. I don't actually know the view count, but um, just not like a really large podcast. Um, uh, it, it was just really good and a really interesting conversation. If you're ever curious about what it looks like to restore old films to like um, to buff out scratches and about the integrity of it, um, I just I thought it went really well. And he's a really great guy. And um, yeah, check it out on the writers' room feed. Very nice. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting conversation. Yeah, just thinking like you know you don't want to push it so far to where your restoration ends up taking away some of the you know, the historical love for the yeah. old version too. So take note, George Lucas. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen the Godfather restoration on 4k, they're remarkably well done by far the out. best it's ever looked. Uh, very nice. All right. So there are favorite non movie pop culture performances. Let's move into the categories, the superlatives for this year. Uh, this is how these will work. Um, we basically will do nomination style. Each of us will get to nominate three things. So we'll go around round robin and nominate things. We may have picked more than three that we want to nominate because somebody else may nominate something we're thinking of. Once those 12 nominations have been chosen, the four of us will debate the winner for Sif Pop. Um, so we will choose a winner in each category based on our nominations. Uh, all right, so let's start with the biggest letdown of the year. This is the movie that you were expecting something of and it fell way below those expectations. Um, these, these categories are interesting because we all have different expectations of different movies. And so this one can kind of run the gamut. Um, so let's kick it off. Uh, we will go the opposite direction we just did. Aaron, you'll start with the first nomination for Biggest Letdown. Uh, sure, I'll kick things off with Uncharted. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I, look, I'm not a huge fan of the video games, but um, the trailer got me really excited for it. And it's... It's just a boring movie. 
And that's the worst thing an action adventure movie can be. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think also the Tom Holland of it all. Uh, I, I really enjoy him. I was looking forward to seeing what he could do outside of Spider-Man. And um, yeah, there were some moments where visually it was interesting, but mm-hmm. for the most part, uh, I was just bored as well. Definitely one I might have nominated if you had not. So um, so that is Uncharted, our first nomination. Uh, all right, I will go next and nominate... Four biggest letdown. Uh, Blonde is uh, will be my nomination. Um, I was really expecting something amazing here. Uh, Anna de Armas is an incredible actor, and for what it's worth, does good work here. It's just she mm-hmm. the work she's doing is in a terrible structure. Uh, something that doesn't make sense thematically. Feels like it's lost its place. Feels like self-parody for half the time you're watching it. Um, it's exploitative in ways I was not expecting. Uh, Blonde is a, a big miss uh, in my mind, and I uh, was expecting much, much more. So Blonde is what I would nominate for my first nomination. Uh, Andrew, hi, you? I am going to nominate the movie that I think uh, a couple years ago was like my most anticipated movie for 2022, and that was Nope. I was so excited for Nope and the 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 disappointment like the level of excitement and disappointment that 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 was just such a huge drop down for me. I uh I didn't know what the movie was trying to tell me and it wasn't until Aaron you and I were uh, talking about it and you were talking about some of the uh subliminal or not subliminal but you know like the hidden messages and stuff like that like about how this could possibly be about uh, police brutality and stuff like that. And like, yeah, some of these uh, metaphors and, you know, messages, they kind of work, but you're once, once they're um, uh, explained to you, but the movie doesn't make a good enough job of making the audience, like all the audience aware of what it's trying to say through the metaphors and stuff. So it was just a big, weird movie for me. I imagine Nope is going to come up in other court categories for the rest of us. <laughs> yes. uh, but uh, but yes, we will see it here in Biggest Letdown for Andrew. I will say, Ooh. since you mentioned it, I, to this day, do not know that there's anyone else who sees the uh, racial implications uh, and police brutality. Ang- I haven't heard anybody else talk about it. And again, it's just something that, that just stood out to me. I watched it again recently, and it just... It, to me, it feels like that's what the movie's about. But that's kind of the beauty of art in some ways is what you you know layer on top of it. So I have heard somebody talk about it that way, and that person is Jordan Peele. Oh, um, really? I didn't so, know that. So Vanity Fair did a writer's roundtable with um, one of the Daniels and Ryan Johnson and Jordan Peele. And then I don't know their name, sorry, but the writer of Till and the writer of The Fablemans mm-hmm. and got them all in a room together to talk about things. And both Jordan Peele and the writer of Till were talking about the importance of the camera um, for both movies, for Till and um, Nope. And specifically, <sighs> Jordan Peele was mentioning about the exactly what you were saying on, on the podcast. Oh, so. that makes me feel good. Like, I, I feel like I'm not making <clears throat> it up then because it just it feels it feels like such a lively part of what that is saying about how the the camera can exploit, but it can also save 
And like the idea that the, you know, that, that capturing things that, that, you know, capturing things on video, uh, is this double-edged sword, uh, and, uh, the way it relates to media and exploitation anyways. Well, that, that makes me, uh, glad that, that, uh, Peel has kind of confirmed a little bit, at least that, that, that is at least part of it. Obviously there's a lot going on. Uh, in that movie, or uh, maybe not, uh, according to Andrew. But uh, but uh, we will <laughs> we'll talk about that more uh, in further categories. Uh, I'm glad Robert, you guys liked it. <laughs> Robert, what is your first nomination? I'm somewhat surprised this one hasn't come up yet, but it's Thor Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's perhaps the last time I'll expect anything out of an MCU movie. It was like, actually, Guardians of the Galaxy. But I was crossing my fingers for this one, hoping it would be good. It's the last time I like, ex- expect anything, except for like one of the next ones that's coming out. <laughs> except that's going to be the last one, I can tell yeah, you. Yeah, that. that'll be the last one. Next one will be the last um, one. But I, I love I most of Taika's movies. Say. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love most of Taika's movies, um, and I really liked Thor Ragnarok. And I was hoping that he could um, take some of what they were doing with Thor in Avengers Endgame um, and, you know, do it in a nuanced way, in a somewhat tender way. But instead, it is literally all jokes and nothing um, thematic or emotional is happening, at least that I could see. So I thought it was very bad. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. It was it was quite a letdown for sure. Uh, Let's do this snake style. So, Robert, why don't you... uh go with uh, another nomination uh one of my favorite filmmakers working today is alex garland um mm. and i love ex machina i loved devs a couple years ago on hulu um yeah. and i actually really liked this movie when i first saw it but since then it's just kind of just plummeted in my thoughts and that's men mm-hmm. um i don't really think it has any layers to what it's saying um <laughs> it's just <laughs> is kind of r- right all there on the surface told in a like wacky absurdist way um h- horror absurdist um the performances are good but i i just expect so much more out of anything alex garland does um besides just surface level observations about something that i think other people could probably talk about much much better like, I think it's, it's like I said whenever I was talking to Aaron when we first did the review for this movie. I'm like, can 15 minutes of a movie ruin the entire thing? Yes, because honestly, the ending of this movie is so, like, you know, gross and shocking and and just weird and psychedelic that it ruins everything else. Because I think that uh, Rory Kinnear... Like mm-hmm. I would probably nominate him for like best supporting actor because he has you to do so either. many huh? <laughs> yeah. spoilers for next week maybe <laughs> yeah yeah that's, I uh, that's what we call the tease um I disagree with Andrew that the end ruins the movie I don't I don't I don't I I, I understand why people find it gross I also think that it is uh, I- intentional. But I, I think what, Robert, where I agree with you is that this movie plays so much thematically right on the surface in your face, like that there's there's not a lot of nuance to, to what it's trying to say. I think what it, what it wants to do is to, you know how like the, uh, the, the Kristen Shaw is a horse 
concept where you do something long enough, it becomes funny, and then it's not funny, and then it's funny again, mm-hmm. and then it's even funnier, like that whole idea. I think yeah. he thinks he's doing that with the the themes, right? Like where it's like, oh, it's so on the surface, it's not good, but then it's, oh, it's even more on the surface, maybe it's amazing. You know, like he's trying to like, you know, really pound, pound it in our face. Uh, I just don't know that it all works. Um, And so, no, I understand uh, how men would be disappointed because I, too, am a Garland fan. Um, Andrew, I think. Wait, Robert, you watched this twice? No. Well, you said on the second viewing that it... uh Drop no, I said after you. sitting with it, after thinking oh, yeah. about after it. Sitting, just okay. as I think about it longer and longer, okay. I just like it less and less. <laughs> I'm just like thinking about rewatching this movie. No. <laughs> I, will, Even I if, will rewatch it. I will probably rewatch this at some point because I do, I do think uh, Alex Garland is a, is a a smart filmmaker, and there's parts of this movie that I think are really good. That echo in the the um, the, the tunnel, the creepiest and like one of the most well sound balanced like. It, the sound design is incredible. Yeah, it's 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 an inc- it's an incredible uh, portion of that movie, and so um, uh-huh. there are things I do kind of uh, want to revisit. Um, but yeah, I'll pull up go. scenes on YouTube, but not rewatch the movie. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. There fair enough. Uh, Andrew, what is your second nomination? <laughs> Have you ever had a movie that you know in your heart you're wrong about? Like, like your inability to understand it doesn't make it a bad movie because mm-hmm. you know, like, through like everything that's going on screen, mm-hmm. you're like, I just don't get this movie. For me, it was the menu. <laughs> While I was watching the movie, I was angry at myself. I was like yelling at my brain. Like, you understand Primer. Like, you, you understand how like complex, you know, th- uh, you know, uh, weird uh not on the surface movies work why aren't you getting this one because everything about it is, is screaming that i should love it but i just like it just didn't work for me and it's so frustrating because i want to love it it sounds like uh, i mean that's kind of what our quote-unquote overrated category is right where it's like you know everybody else got this but but you know um i didn't seem to get it but but this disappointed you because you had high expectations based on what other people were saying and those kind of things? Yeah, well, uh, just I think it was the week before uh, I saw it. You guys were talking about it from whenever you went down to uh, Fantastic uh, Austin Fantastic Fest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys were like, oh, the menu. That's the number one movie. Like, if mm-hmm. I come away from a Fantastic Fest and I say, there's one movie I'm excited for everybody to see, and it's the menu. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I'm seeing that next week. And then uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh. it's not that there aren't great things. Like, I, there are, like, it's funny. I did not mm-hmm. expect it to be funny. Uh, the visuals, like, the way it's shot is gorgeous. But, like, what I was trying to say, that's where this movie lost me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so frustrating because I wanted to love it. Uh, my next biggest letdown is Black Adam will be my second uh, nominee. And yes, I was expecting good things from Black <laughs> Adam because I generally like The Rock. Even when other people don't like his movies, I have a really good time. Um, and I just did not have a really good time. The, the good time I had in Black Adam it was not around The Rock. Um, you know, it was around other characters and... Uh, the movie just it was weird in that it felt like it was trying to do 
so many different things and just couldn't accomplish any of them. Uh, there are a lot of things we now know in hindsight about what The Rock was trying to do with, you know, uh, reestablishing the DC around himself. Uh, he was trying universe. to take over. <laughs> so everybody knows who uh, The Rock is. And it's it's been kind of a, it's been kind of a bad look for him too, kind of post yeah. uh, Black Adam. And <laughs> I will say a bad look, but I but I I also will say I un, I get it. Like I understand when you invest yourself in in something creatively and people don't seem to get it, or you know it doesn't do what you want it to do. That the instinct is to uh, get defensive, and so I get I get the instinct. Uh, but it's it's just been it's been a dis- Black Adam has been a disappointing thing kind of all around it. Uh, so uh, I had that in my most disappointing of the year. And the most vital and important post credit scene of any movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about laying the foundations, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's, that's how you do it. Well, I mean, it was that he he did that. His plan was that that was laying the fat. Like his plan was that there would he he was trying to create a universe where Black Adam. I it's, I guess spoilers for the end of Black Adam. It's it's been long enough that I think we can talk about this uh, yeah. in a year year end uh, conversation. I haven't seen it and I don't care. So you're good. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Henry yeah. Cavill comes I'll, I'll back as Superman. Every person. So Henry Cavill shows up, you know, in the post credits as Superman or whatever. Yeah. And The Rock was trying to set up a series of Superman and Black Adam movies that would culminate in them battling each other. And it's like the the idea that he saw this character as the you know uh a a2 superman's a1 you know like it's it's just it's a really interesting psychological study on kind of uh what he was thinking but um but yeah anyhow james gunn's i think going a different direction so james uh, gunn took over in the hierarchy of power really did change (laughs) yes it did yes it did uh all right so aaron uh your second and third uh nominees uh, well, I didn't have, or I did have Thor: Love and Thunder on my list, Robert. Um, so I'll say the other one that I think probably all of us have on our list. I'll say Lightyear. Um, mm-hmm. I actually didn't see it because okay. so many people were saying how bad it was. Yeah, so, uh, I had low it's, expectations. It's not it's that not it's terrible. Bad, it's not right? terrible. It's not that it's a bad movie. It's just okay. And right. for a Pixar movie to be okay is it's kind not of okay. Like, <laughs> it's it's hard because like I kind of like. It's fine. It's worth a watch. Um, I bought the Steelbook when it came out because I have a problem, and um, <laughs> but like I, don't, I haven't seen it again since, and like I don't know the next time I will see it. I, I'm not like not recommending it, but it's also just like hard to be like, yeah, you should really check that out. Uh, and I love the concept too. Ever since they announced it, I love the idea that like this is the movie that Andy watched that made him fall in love with Buzz Lightyear, and yeah. it's like this is the movie I watched that made me fall in love with socks, and that was about it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it's it's just it's. I said it about. Uh, 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 no, I just said it was boring. It's just forgettable. Um, on the Riders Room podcast, I said this is the most forgettable movie of the year for me. I think five yeah. years from now, I'll be like, oh yeah, they did that right, mm-hmm. and uh, it won't matter. Nobody, it, nobody will care. So, um, and for my third pick, time to make some people mad. I'm going with Avatar: The Way of Water. Oh! Hey! Oh no. Oh! This is going to be attributed to my expectations were high. Um, And here's the main reason why I put it in this category still um, is because it's not just Jim Cameron writing on this one. 
but uh, there is also Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver, who were writers on Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which the Caesar trilogy is my favorite movie trilogy of all time. So I just expected more, um, like in terms of like the humanity and character development and um, all these things that I'm sure Aaron is like, it's right there. And I'm like, it, it's just not, it just wasn't for me. I left Avatar The Way of Water thinking I could not care if Avatar 3 ever came out. I just am so uninvested in this world and in these people. Look, so, when uh, when we're all it. excited, I'll be wrong about that. When we're all excited to go to Avatar Five, I will take your apology then. Uh, yeah. When when you're fully invested in these characters, Aaron, we uh, won't be around when movies. Avatar Five comes out. <laughs> yeah. We'll be, no, we'll, I, be listen, we'll be I, dust. The, it's it's mostly the the addition of Rick Joff and Amanda Silver and how I really felt like it didn't add anything. Oh, I and that's I disagree upsetting. so much, but that's okay. That's not what we're here to do. However, <laughs> I I I I will say one of the things that's been interesting for me to watch the reaction to Avatar is to go through my own human psychology of my own biases, right? Because I think we all approach things with biases, and that's something we're not shy about at Sif Pop. Like that is part of the process is understanding. I want to like this thing more than I want to like this other thing. I'm invested in this thing succeeding because of how I feel about it, those kind of things. So it's been really interesting to kind of turn it on myself because what will happen is I'll see somebody's take on Avatar about it, you know, the characters not working or the story not working, and I'll go, ah, you're, that's just your bias because you think that about the first one and you're just carrying it over into this one. And then I turn it on myself and I go, or are you carrying over your love for the first one into needing this one to be great? And so that self-examination is one of my favorite parts uh, about film discourse is the ability to really look inside your own biases. And no, A, it kind of doesn't matter. You're still having a great time, whether it's because you're biased or not. And that's, you know, beautiful. But also because it allows for greater nuanced conversation when you're able to look inside yourself and go, look, I, I, I know that I want this to succeed. I know that... There's something about me that that loves the fact that it just crossed two billion dollars, and oh, that you know James Cameron somehow has done it again. Uh, that that's a fun narrative for me to buy into. Uh, but at the same time, where is the you know are my views backed up by cogent, rational thinking? And that's that's what I love about movie discourse is the the ability to take our biases and and uh, and to explain those to each other through uh, rational discourse. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't believe our biggest letdowns uh, include Avatar, The Menu, <laughs> and Nope. Aaron, uh, all right, Aaron, so. I'm proud of you for putting Avatar. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Because now I, I get I, to put another movie on there. Uh, I am going for my final nomination uh, in the biggest letdown category to nominate something probably nobody else would because nobody else expected anything out of it. But I've had a great time with the Jurassic movies, and I always want a Jurassic movie to be good, and Jurassic World Dominion just isn't good. Um, that was a special kind of stupid. It's mm-hmm. it's really, and especially coming into this one knowing we were getting the OGs, and the movie just does not yeah. know how to use them at all. It just makes them like a side quest, you know, kind of addition to the movie instead of doing what like Top Gun Maverick does where it builds the movie around the idea of the OG and lets that character evolve or change or see in a different way. Um, This just uses uh, those characters as kind of pieces in a nostalgia uh, puzzle. And I just, I'm, I was really let down by Jurassic World Dominion. So that's my third uh, nominee in this category. Um, Andrew, what about you? What's your number three? 
Um, I think that this movie, even though it's not my number one pick, I think it has probably the highest chance to win this category, actually. Ooh. And that's going to be Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Hmm. Because that movie was not good. I mean, it really wasn't. Everything they did with the um, the uh, Illuminati was so infuriatingly bad. It because that's that was the thing I was most excited about in that movie. Like going into is like, okay, we're gonna get Black Adam. We're gonna get Reed Richards. We're gonna get all of these amazing characters that I've wanted to see for so long in the MCU. And the twist with the the villain, uh, it's. It was just a big mess that didn't feel like it existed in, please forgive this, but it didn't feel like it existed in the same universe as the rest of the MCU. And that's, I'm talking from a narrative standpoint, not like a, you know, visual, because visually it's it's a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. Yeah, I think there were some missteps there. I I don't mind the movie. I enjoyed it fine. I had a I had a good time with it. Um, but they definitely took. I, I think some of the, I think it, it started to show some of the seams of the multiversal storytelling, and that it, they may have bit off a little more than they can chew because you know, um, I just don't think they considered the psychological impact of bringing characters that people have wanted to see forever just to have them taken away. Like, it's just, it's this really weird moment in that it's a movie. lack of respect. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's a there's a weird, there's a, there's a weird admission that nothing means anything, right? Like, there's, the movie is telling us not to care in some ways, um, so. Not, kind of related to that, actually really closely related to that. It's like they're saying that the characters we love and that we've waited for are worth nothing more than fodder. Like, they're just cannon fodder. Right. Yes, exactly. I'm like, yeah. no, they're not. They mean a lot to me. Or, you know, mm-hmm. give them the the respect they deserve. Yeah. So, Well, there you go. Uh, Robert, what is your final nomination? Uh, I think it's going to be Empire of Light. Um, yeah, I, good call. I thought this was literally one of the worst movies of the entire year. But um, when it has Sam Mendes directing... Um, and starring Olivia Coleman with Colin Firth and Toby Jones and the rest mm-hmm. of the ensemble cast that it has. Um, it should be so much better. It's just a jumbled mess of themes and ideas and images. Um, I will say that the Trent Reznor Atticus Ross score is great and Roger Deakins does great cinematography, but those are about the only positive things that I can say about it. <laughs> and not exactly like, you know, breaking news either. The, sure, the, right, exactly. <laughs> the Reznor does good movie and Deakins does good cinematography. Like, what? Stop the presses. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, when it's when it's Sam Mendes and his track record, you expect so much more than this, especially with 1917 as his most recent movie. Mm. Yes, it's a great call. Uh, I I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, Empire of Light was a big letdown. All right, so here are the nominees. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion, Uncharted, Blonde, Black Adam, Lightyear, Nope, Thor, Love and Thunder, Men, The Menu, Avatar, The Way of Water, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and Empire of Light. Uh, Anybody want to start the campaigning for a choice? Did any of you have high expectations for Thor? I was going to say Thor, um, because Andrew said that he may do uh, 
Multiverse of Madness on there, I would 100% put Thor as more disappointing than Doctor Strange for me. I agree but, with that. I think Thor um, is more disappointing than Doctor Strange. Okay. I, I, like I, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, it. it's just... Yeah, they both were kind of let down, so... It's... I was expecting Doctor Strange to be okay, and I thought it was okay, so it was like a wash. <laughs> I was expecting a lot, because everything that you know I'd been told up to at this point, this is what's going to kick off the multiverse, and this movie's going to be mm-hmm. as big as Endgame, you know, or bigger, you know, because the ramifications and everything that's going to take place. And it is probably less impactful and like meaningful than the original Doctor Strange. They, they they step down somehow. I I think it's Thor. I think that's where we're going to land. Although um, I do appreciate that men nomination. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I can't contribute to that. But on the same, I th- I, in chat seems to be agreeing that Lightyear is is up there. That's the other one I was going to mention was Lightyear. Um, I can't. I did not have high expectations for it, and I just saw it because it was. <laughs> and I like haven't here. seen it, so I think I think Thor is a good choice because I think okay. most people had big expectations for Thor, and most people were let down by those expectations. Um, uh, so I think Thor is the right choice. Um, Andrew, you want to start a campaign for Avatar with me? <laughs> yeah, man. I don't think we'll get very far. The chair but, uh, does not cede any time to the gentleman. Uh, I'll, say, I'll, say, I'll say this about <laughs> Thor. Uh, for me personally, I liked it. I mean, I, I everything, every single complaint that somebody has about Thor, I look at it and I go, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, I know they're right, but like, yes, the movie is just comedy and it's all jokes and it doesn't mean anything. But you know what? I laughed. I laughed a lot. Every single time one movie. of those goat goats started screaming, I was laughing. You know, <laughs> I mean, I laughed too. Doesn't mean I thought it was good. I laugh just as much as when I click on a goat screaming video on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> that's my my poll quote for the movie poster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Thor: Love and Thunder will be the Sif Pop uh, choice for biggest letdown of the year. It joins last year's The Card Counter uh, as our okay. choice in this category. So. <laughs> That movie is so unbelievably bad. Uh, There are people that love it. There are people that love that movie. All right, let's move on to biggest surprise. Uh, This is the movie that you weren't expecting a lot out of necessarily, but uh, it overperformed your expectations uh, quite a bit. So, um, Andrew, why don't you kick us off in this category? I am going to go with Top Gun Maverick. And simply for the fact that it was a Top Gun sequel, don't get me wrong. I love the original Top Gun. It's a cheese movie. And this is kind of a cheese movie too, but it's a cheese movie that says a lot and it does a lot and the emotions are everywhere in this movie. The whole thing between Tom Cruise and... Uh, uh, what's his name? Somebody help me out here. Miles Teller. Uh, Miles Teller, thank you. Uh, the chemistry... I mean, Miles Teller pretty much is Goose. I mean, he looks just like him. They got a time He's traveler. He's Rooster, actually. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> no, no, so, no, that's what I'm saying is he looks so much like Goose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yes, he is Rooster in the movie. Thank you, just in case. It's clarifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Whew, this movie... By the way, neither of those animals have a mustache. I'm just... <laughs> uh... Or aviators. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, Robert, why don't you go second? 
Michael Bay's Ambulance. I yeah, love this movie. Buddy. <laughs> um, I was not expecting anything out of it because it's Michael Bay's Ambulance, but <laughs> I like it because it's Ambulance. Yes, it's I I. It's modern day speed. It's not as good as speed, but it's like modern day speed. I loved it so much. Every every moment is high octane. I love the drone shots. Uh, the characters, especially Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, just, man, just chewing so the scenery. Great. Yeah, yeah. It's just exciting, fun. Uh, I can see myself watching this so many times in the future. Like literally, one of my favorite Michael Bay movies. Like, Michael Bay's three. like, hey, what are these new drone things? Let's just do all that, and, and it was uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, ambulance. Uh, let's see, Aaron next. Uh, yeah, I'll go with bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, I thought this was just going to be like a run of the mill, um, very like plain teenage horror film that was box office draw because it had Phil. Da- well, I mean, I guess Phil Davidson is in a box office draw, but Pete, like it just could be Pete Davidson. Yeah. Pete Davidson, sorry. No, no, Pete's uh, brother Phil no, is no, great Pete too. Pete Davidson but... is no Pete Davidson is a box office draw. Phil. Not so much. Phil's the one with no tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I just thought, like, I don't know, this is just a cash grab for young people that want to watch a, a generic murder mystery. And um, I really love Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Uh, I was going to nominate it if somebody else didn't. I think that's a good choice, yeah. Aaron. Um, I was not expecting a lot out of it and loved it, too. Uh, all right, I'll pick a couple here. Um, I'm going to start with uh, the Chip and Dale movie. Um, expecting out? No, 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 not that, not that chip. And that's a TV show. Uh, no, this is <laughs> wait, what? Is, oh, yeah, the Camille Nanjiani one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie is straight to it was straight to Disney Plus, right? I don't think it was really even in no, theaters. That was the big thing. Is like, why wasn't this movie in the theaters? It's really good, and uh. And it's really funny. Now, I mean, when you start to look at who's behind it, that's not necessarily a surprise. But I was not expecting this to be a movie that I literally tried to nominate for Critics' Choice Best Comedy of the Year um, mm. because it is it is really funny. Um, uh, the way they do the next level of, you know, the the Roger Rabbit idea, or you know, mm-hmm. the um, you know the mixing of animation and live action, and really kind of. Th- thinking through at least a little bit conceptually how that would work <laughs> the uncanny really valley yes uh so yeah chippendale's a, a good uh choice there the second one i will nominate for my second uh biggest surprise of the year is Mar- uh, marcel the shell uh with shoes on um came out of nowhere for me uh wasn't expecting a ton i knew a little bit about the character through snl um and just one of those movies where you're watching and just smiling and feeling good things and then you're feeling bad things because it's it means something and then all of a sudden you're like how is this movie making me feel all of these things uh and yeah so marcel the shell uh is my second choice so um so there you go those are my my two uh aaron back to you for your second nomination um i'll say jackass forever Okay. Um, Interesting. And so the reason why this surprised me is because I wasn't sure how well Jackass was going to hold up in 2022. Um, I wasn't sure if that was one of those things that, like, I loved it in middle school, and it's very middle school kind of thing. Um, Mm. But uh, 
Well, and then also just the nature of what they do, um, both the things that are crude and mean, mean spirited to each other. Uh, but I was red in the face the entire time in the theater, uh, just because I was laughing so hard. I think the new the new crew members worked really well as well. Um, it just just one of those that uh, I I was I was cautiously optimistic going into the theater and had a really good time. Very nice. It's, it is interesting. I'm glad you clarified because I'm thinking, how how does a jackass movie uh, betray expectations either way? Like I like I look at the jack. I know exactly what I'm getting when I push play on a jackass movie. But that makes sense what you're saying about like, yeah. does this format even work this many years later? So um, does it work? Yeah, I was tw- I'm 27. You know, does yeah. it work for a 27? It works for a middle schooler every time. Does it work yeah. for an almost 30 yeah. year old? Yeah. Uh, Robert, your next pick. Um, I have to preface this by saying that I enjoy um, romantic comedies, so this one kind of maybe bumped up by that. So I'm, I'm going to say Rosalind. Um, mm. I wasn't expecting much out of it just because, you know, I always expect kind of a baseline for rom-coms, but this kind of really surprised me for uh, what it, how funny it was. Um, it's, I guess I shouldn't be surprised because Caitlin Deaver is the lead. Um, but by the end, the way that it even brings commentary on the love at first sight Romeo and Juliet story. I was by that point, I was like, okay, I love this. Um, because that's something that always frustrates me in movies and stories in general is the love at first sight thing. And, uh, it comments on that and it's self aware about it. And at the same time, it's just hilarious all the way through. So, yeah. Interesting choice. Nice. I love these categories. Uh, Andrew, uh, your second and third nomination. My second nomination is, Prey. This is a uh, it. It's a Predator sequel. You know, like when was the last time we got a good Predator sequel? Trick question. We've never gotten a good Predator <laughs> sequel until now. This movie is it's shockingly good. I shouldn't be too surprised because the director is the same guy who did uh, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, which is a incredible movie. I mean, absolutely just masterfully done and amber mid-thunder who is the main lead in this her and the gentleman who play her brother are just absolutely perfect and i this is another movie kind of like uh, uh chippendale rescue rangers where you're wondering why this movie didn't get a theatrical release why did it go straight to a streaming service because this movie was yeah, just like a Mike in the comments just said the exact same thing. It's another movie that should have gotten gotten a theatrical release. Uh, the visuals, the like the the uh, prosthetics in the movie are outstanding. It's super well done. I was not expecting much, and I got a really really good movie that's pretty high up on my uh, uh, movies of twenty twenty two. When I was considering putting Prey in this category, the only thing that kept it out of here for me is the <clears throat> the Trachtenberg uh, part Dance, of it yeah. because because of that, I was expecting it to be you know something more. Um, and that's fair. Um, but I totally understand that pick. Uh, what's your next pick? Uh, <laughs> just okay. Hopefully, this doesn't sound prejudicial, but R R R. I wasn't expecting a lot from a Tollywood or Bollywood movie because I've never, you know, like uh, that style of filmmaking has never really appealed to me. But this movie is so good. It's in my top. Uh, well, we'll we'll get there next week. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. But, uh, but uh, 
the visuals in this movie, you know, the, uh, sorry if you can hear my dogs, uh, the visual work with like uh, fire and water, you know, these opposing elements, you know, and this uh, epic bromance for the century, you know, the bromance that will last <laughs> a thousand years. Uh, it's a, it's a heartfelt movie. There's a lot of love and, uh, you can tell there is a lot of love and uh, and a lot of uh, blood, sweat, and tears put into this one. It's a great movie. Robert, what's your next nomination? I have a few here, but I think I'm just going to go with the one that I sent Phil last night, and that's After Sun, because I mm. literally knew nothing about it going in. I had just seen a couple tweets saying how great it was, um, and I happened to be in New York City visiting a couple uh, Sif Pop friends, actually, and I saw that it was playing and I said I better see it while I got while I have the chance and it turned out again no spoilers but to be one of my favorite movies of the year um it's emotionally devastating but I like to be emotionally devastated by movies sometimes <laughs> especially when it's done well yeah. um somehow break feels good in a place like that <laughs> exactly. you know? I, can, I can still feel <laughs> um the two lead performances are just Incredible, Frankie Corio and Paul Meskel are just great. Um, I could go on about it, but I'll save it for later, possibly. It, it's interesting with After Sun. Uh, it's eight twenty four, right? Was After Sun eight twenty four? So eight twenty four always sends uh, a box during award season, and it's got you know weird and funny stuff in there. And there was this picture in the box. And it was just a picture of uh, the two main characters from After Sun, uh, Paul Meskel and uh, um, I forget her name, but Frankie um, Corio. Yes, yeah, and it was just a regular picture frame, just a pic- like a picture you would take from vacation and put in a frame or whatever. And I'm like, what? Is-? Like I hadn't seen the movie. I like you know me. I don't do any like you know research necessarily of movies before I see them. I'm just like, why did they just send me a vacation picture of a couple people? Like I don't understand what's going on here. Uh, and then of course I watched the movie. and I was like, oh, that's what yeah. that picture was. So, um, so yeah. Uh, After Sun is a decent choice. Aaron, uh, what is your next nomination? Um, I'm stuck between two. I'm going to go with Scream 5. Um, or Scream, as it's called. Um, again, one of those, it's the fifth film in a franchise. The last sequel was 10 years ago, and it wasn't very good. Um, nor was Scream 3 um, and this wound up being one of my favorite movies of the year um, I guess spoilers but um, <laughs> yeah uh, it's just yeah, it, it, a lot of it comes down to we have a lot of the cast returning for a legacy sequel and they did something it's hard like I, I want to say they did something original but it's like they kind of also like the, the killers are kind of obvious. Um, I really like this movie. <laughs> I promise. It's all you got to say. Uh, it's all you got to say, man. Yeah. I'm with you, yeah, by I, the I just, way. You don't feel like yeah. you're alone. I'm with you. I wasn't no, expecting no, no. a lot out of this well, and, and had a really Chet's good time. Chat's also been saying yeah. it, too. And it's like, yeah, that is the right call. Because Scream 4 just wasn't wasn't any good. Yeah. So. Isn't the go. point of it, though, that they didn't do something original? Like, and that—that's a positive. I, well, yeah, that is part of the point. Right, yeah, yeah. Mm, like meta. I mean, they—they they did do something original by, well, I mean, yeah, like by killing a legacy character. So yeah, um, yeah. 
Uh, good choice. Good choice. My final choice is where I thought Robert might be going when he started talking about rom-coms. Boy, <laughs> did I like Ticket to Paradise, and I was not expecting to like Ticket to Paradise. Um, but you put George Clooney and Julia Roberts on screen, apparently good things can happen. Who knew? Uh, so uh, I had a really fun time with this rom-com. It, it is a throwback. Man, is it a throwback movie. You'll feel like you were watching a movie made 20 years ago. Um, and often that's a bad thing. In this case, I enjoyed it uh so ticket to paradise uh would be my final nomination as we look at the biggest surprise category i didn't go Our, to that one because i was excited to watch it and I yeah like okay it well there you go yeah okay that's fair but you enjoyed it too oh yeah for sure nice nice all right so there here are the nominations for biggest surprise of 2022 uh, Marcel the Shell, Scream 2022, uh, Bodies, 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 Ticket to Paradise, Chip and Dale, Top Gun Maverick, Ambulance, uh, Jackass Forever, uh, Rosalind, Prey, Arr, and After Sun. Um, so what is, uh, what do we want to, who wants to start the, uh, the campaigning for biggest surprise of the year? I like the Chip and Dale's, uh, okay. nomination. Okay. Who was that? I'll, I forget. I'll go out there and say that I didn't like Chippendale. Okay. <laughs> I know all that's right. unpopular, but. All right. All right. Um, what else? Aaron, what do you think fits this category the best? Bodies, bodies, bodies. I, I mean. I don't I, like that movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I know Aaron and Robert also love it. Um, <clears throat> I wonder if we can find one that we all would think fit this category. Ambulance. Yeah, I, was I haven't seen Ambulance. What, what okay. did you? Did you guys have high expectations for Prey? I know Aaron, you were talking yeah, about I did, Trachtenberg I did because and stuff. Of Trachtenberg. Um, okay. I did, but only because I saw it in December. So. <laughs> fair. Okay. Fair. Um. Hmm. Did anybody have high expectations for RRR? I mean, uh, listen. Only because I had heard so much about how great it was at that point. Oh. And I saw Top it. Gun Maverick fits this category. It really does. It, like that's. True. I mean, it's especially a with how much the trailers were paying, and, playing. Like I was kind of over it. Yeah, I think it might be Top Gun, and I know we'll talk about this movie more because we love it so much. But yeah. it really does fit the category. I don't know. How do you feel about that, Robert? How do you feel about the Top Gunness of it all? Um, I love Top Gun Maverick as a movie, um, but that's another one. There were a lot of these that I was just excited to see in the first place. So, like, mm-hmm. the, the difference between how much I like it and how much I was expecting out of it isn't too vast. But if that's the best that we can do, I think that, you know, I have it pretty high up there and I really liked it. So, yeah. Well, yeah. it's just the movie's so much better than anybody expected it to sure. be because we had a, a preconceived idea of what a Top Gun movie should be, but we didn't realize what it could be. So, uh, Do we want to talk about Marcel? Did everybody see Marcel? Enjoy Marcel? Not, um, I have not seen it. I, I liked it. was expecting a lot out of it. So. All right, let's, let's, go, let's go with Top Gun Maverick then. Yeah. I think that's the right call I'm here. It's weird. Usually we would not have such a front runner in this category. But I definitely think it fits. So uh, the official biggest surprise of 2022 for uh, for Sif Pop, and it sounds weird in hindsight, but you got to go back in time, uh, mm-hmm. is uh, Top Gun Maverick. So mm-hmm. that will be the winner. I will mark that down. It joins last year's winner, Barb and Star. Uh, go to Vista del Mar. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's move into the overrated and underrated, and we do talk about these categories as movies I didn't get, movies they didn't get, uh, just as kind of playing into that favorites uh, aspect. We're not uh, talking about overall quality necessarily. Uh, We will start with the overrated or movies that I just didn't get, Um, and let's see. I guess we will start with uh, Robert. Um. I'm going to ruffle some feathers with all three of my picks and I'm oh, going nice. to start good. <laughs> I'm going to start with see how they run, which is one that, um, boo, I, boo. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I saw with no, my I'm, wife I'm because with, I'm with you, Robert. I like, that. yeah, we both like, um, uh, murder mysteries and both of us came out of it. My, my wife on the way home said, that's the most forgettable movie I've ever seen. I don't even remember anything about it. And we were about <laughs> 10 minutes away from the theater in the car. Um, this hurts my heart. And I feel exactly the same way. Um, I love Sam Rockwell, but I think he's horribly miscast. He's doing a terrible accent. 100%. And, and he's just phoning it in the entire way through. It looks. I know the character is supposed to be like this, but it literally looks like he's sleeping through it. Um, I think the only redeeming quality of it is Sersha, who is... Is very funny with just like she's her, great. She's yeah. so great. Just her whole, uh, her whole character. This, in general, this is the normal reaction to these nominations yeah. because yeah. if we're doing it right, the other three people <sighs> should disagree. Like that is so. This this is always an interesting category. Always an interesting category. Uh, Andrew, why don't you go next? So. Uh, I've prefaced this before, and Aaron, you have as well. Not really a horror fan, but whenever mm-hmm. a movie comes out that's a horror film that says that it, you know, it transcends, you know, classic horror, and it's actually a really brilliant movie, I get excited. You know, you think of uh, It Follows or The Babadook, any of those, and that's kind of the vibe I was getting from Barbarian. But you know what? Oh, wow. <laughs> this is not a good movie. I was, I would think this movie is incredibly overrated. It tries to be three different movies in three jarring uh, story story arcs that just don't feel, even though narratively you can follow the set or the pieces to where it actually makes sense, but it feels like three movies that just don't belong together. I was very disappointed with Barbarian. No, it doesn't work. Uh, I agree with Andrew on this one. As anybody who listened to the Sif Pop episode oh, no. knows, um, I I would have nominated it if he hadn't. I don't understand why people like this movie. It, I well, I I'll take that back. I actually do under. I think I understand. I think people are taking the a couple key moments 
and translating into my surprise equals this was a good movie. Um, but the, the moments between those key surprises didn't do a lot for me. Um, anyway, so uh, I understand that choice. Uh, my first nomination for Overrated is going to be Bones and All. I don't understand how anybody likes this movie, and yet I'm finding it on people's you know top 10 list. Uh, Robert's having a very hard time with our conversation right now. Uh, so uh, Bones and All, I think I put in my letterbox review, and this, this is how I feel with movies like this. That it's one of those movies that you think is so bad that you're afraid to say so because you don't want to judge people who you know are going to like it. Like, it's like I have to, like, not think about this movie or I, I start, you know, um, uh, getting into some, like, r- real, like, elitism kind of thought processes. <laughs> uh, so... Um, yeah, I sat in a, I sat in, I sat in the perfect viewing environment for a movie like this at Fantastic Fest with a, a crowded theater of people who were, pardon the pun, eating it up. And it was, it, I just was looking I'm not around like, that pun. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was genuinely looking around just going, what is wrong with you people? Like, what this, this is terrible. Um, but, uh, but yes, uh, I will try not to be so judgmental, but Bones and All is my first nomination. Uh, Aaron, pick a couple. Uh, yeah. Um, look, I'll get my, the one that's going to make you boo, um, out of the way first. The movie that was most not for me this year, um, was weird. The Al Yankovic story. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Oh my beating heart. Oh, oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts so bad. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Um, that's all. Didn't, didn't, it just didn't make me laugh. And, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, now that that's out of the way. <laughs> I am curious. Like, uh, so it, it didn't work for you. Is this because you're not familiar with Weird Al? So it just kind of like you weren't in the, you didn't know what kind of headspace to be in to see it? Or it, no, I, did it I'm not just with Weird uh, Al. fill your um, Do you like UHF? Have you seen UHF? Not seen yeah, it. don't. Because um, <laughs> I don't want to hear your opinion it's, on it. Oh, okay. It's, um, <laughs> that makes more sense. It, to me, it was like, um, I think the humor was a bit too exaggerated that it just never landed for me. And I, I get that's the point, right? But like, I love exaggerated <laughs> humor. Uh, a high school like normally, I'm the only one laughing in that kind of situation. Um, and then I think it just had that a really weird balance of like, uh, I, I genuinely was interested. I genuinely wanted to know more about Weird Al. And I feel like at the end of the movie, I knew not a single extra thing about him um, because it the movie doesn't take itself seriously. But, but Aaron, I, Aaron I know, that's what the movie's trying to say. You know what? This guy, Look, he's not you, interesting. This is why he's really this not. category is titled the movies that just weren't for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want this movie. I wanted a version of this movie that had better humor mm-hmm. and oh. was a little bit more either go completely like 100% like uh, spi- spiral t- Spinal Tap, right? Or go or go like uh i don't know like a more traditional biopic that was just actually fun well, i don't think this is anything at all like uh that and i think it's more right. along the lines of like uh hot fuzz or uh loaded weapon or a uh, loaded gun you know any of those satirical I don't movies even think it's, it's like it's those being... I, I think part of the reason i love it is his sense of humor is so singular like you watch it feels a lot like UHF in, in that you watch that it, movie and you just is. go oh this is weird Al's sense of humor and nobody else is 
you know, f- finds this the funny in the same way he does, except maybe me. Um, and uh, yeah, so anyways, good choice for you personally, Aaron. Great yeah. choice yeah. for you personally. Uh, did you do two? I'll let you know right now I did one. win in this category. Though. I know. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Putting my foot um, down. So who's up next? I'll go with, yeah. for my other pick, um, The House. Um, there was this was a Netflix one that came out in January. Did, like a, it was like three little mini short things. Did you guys see this one? I think so, but it's been a while. Yeah, this is the um, Mia Goth. Um, uh, this I, I I remember one of them was like starring rats. Um, <laughs> one of them was um like a, a knit puppets, um crocheted puppets, and one of them was something else. But it was like three little mini stories wrapped into one movie. That just um, none of it connected to me. None of the mini stories and the overall anything connected to me. Um, it just, I, I think it had generally favorable reviews, like from people that I follow on Letterboxd, and um, I felt nothing from it. So, okay. I like stop motion. Um, yeah. All right. So, I think it's time for my second nomination uh, in the overrated category. And it's my turn for everybody to hate me. Now it's my turn for to, to be the hated one because I Which think the Batman is severely overrated. Uh, mm. I do not think it's a great movie. Why um, did you say that name? <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Uh, I cede to Andrew for your second nomination. Uh,. I am going to go with Avatar. Right. <laughs> because I... Okay, you know what? I take that back. I'm taking okay. it back because no. I think that... No, 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 no. Hold no. up. Let me explain. No, keep it so I don't have to waste one of my picks. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. No, because I think that for me, in the actual overrated category, this next one fits a little bit better. So that's uh, men. I think men, like... Everybody I talked, you know, like especially in the circle that we keep, mm-hmm. I'm all, I'm seeing a lot of love. For I thought me. I was alone on kind of liking men. I didn't I didn't know anybody else even I enjoyed it. I don't want to you know disparage and say that that the people who love this movie are just uh, Garland fanboys because that's not fair at all. But I do think that there are quite a few people who are just. Anything the guy puts out, you're going to automatically love. But I think that this movie fumbles its its message, and that ending is uh, repulsive. (laughs) That's where I was when I first saw it. I was like, it's Garland. It can't really be that bad, can it? And then it's just like, "Eh, yeah, it can. (laughs) But I do, do, as opposed to Avatar, which I, I... I am getting a lot of, you know, mixed reviews from, you know, the the general populace. Like, a lot of people like it. A lot of people are mm-hmm. let down by it. So, I think that, at least in the category that, or the group, maybe that's the problem. The circle that we keep are the people who go and see movies like Men. And the other people who would probably hate a movie like Men aren't the ones going to see a movie like Men. So, I'm, that's why I'm not hearing that other side of it, of people who uh, didn't like it. Uh, all right, Robert, two choices. Oh, two choices, yeah. Um, um, the first one I'll do is Clerks 3. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, the view of Skewiverse, if that's a mm-hmm. Skewiverse, whatever it is. Um, but I like the Clerks movies, the first two at least. Um, but the last few movies in that whole series have just, Kevin Smith has seemed to uh, abandon any sort of... <laughs> 
I don't know, abandon anything other than lowbrow humor and references. Um, Jay and Silent Bob reboot was especially bad at this. Um, mm-hmm. I think this one had a little bit of heart to it, especially with the character getting sick and everything. But besides that, I I just didn't care for it at all. Um, my second one, I know two people on this podcast loved, and that's 13 Lives. Um, mm, we were going to talk about that in the next category. <laughs> and I think that's because um, I saw the the documentary from 2021 called The Rescue, it's which fair. tells the exact same story and does it much, much better. Um, and it even has the well, does emotion. It differ- it's a documentary, so it does it differently, it's right? It's always like, way more impactful. <laughs> sure, but like... The I because of the documentary, like I knew all the beats and I knew all the the stuff mm-hmm. about the characters. Um, and when Thirteen Lives comes, it, Thirteen Lives felt like a well done dramatized Wikipedia entry. Mm, interesting. Um, okay. In a different way than like a biopic. Um, but I it was just like, all right, now they go into the cave this time. Oh, now this guy's dad is sick, and it's just like all those things happened, but I didn't feel any of the payoff for any of it. Um, it's Ron Howard, so it's well made, but I. I don't think it was anything better than mediocre. All right. There yeah, you go, I can't. I, I cannot wait to counter that in my <laughs> underrated category. Well, clearly not, because you're already talking about it. Uh, Andrew, uh, what do you got for your final nomination in this category? Um, you know what, Aaron, I'll save you. I am going to go ahead and say <laughs> Avatar <laughs> is overrated because, yeah. I, I maybe I'm just so let down by this movie, and that's that's a different category, I know. But a lot of people like this movie, and I don't know if uh, it's justified. I think the story is very, very lackluster, and I've heard a lot of people say that's their favorite thing about it. When really it should be the visuals, because the visuals are the best that have ever been done. Mm-hmm. But that story is so daytime soap opera. I'll just ignore that and uh, go into my <laughs> final nomination uh, for overrated. And I'm, I have two choices. I think I'm going to go with the one that I more passionately despise um, and that a lot of people seem to love. And that is fall. Um, I do not get this movie and I do not understand why people enjoy this movie. Well, you um, hate heights. <laughs> it's not just the heights. It's not just the heights. This is a terrible film. The story, the story is terrible. The yeah. it's eye rolling throughout. Nothing makes sense in this movie. How are you supposed to care about these characters? They're just dumb. They're just like, why are they up there? That's just dumb. Uh, and so, like, all of this is terrible, and uh, I don't understand why people enjoy this movie. No, no, you're a hundred percent right. But I think that the one thing the movie does have going for it is, if you are like an adrenaline junkie, this movie will give you vertigo. And it's the the way that this movie is shot is perfect for the type of movie that they want to make. Mm-hmm. Yes, but other than that, yes, the story is garbage, and these people are dumb. <laughs> anyway, so you're saying it's Hitchcockian. Hey, not Hitchcockian. <laughs> how dare you? Uh, all right, Aaron, what is your final nominee in Overrated? Um, yeah, I have two of them, and I, I'm going to pick the one that more fits that wasn't for me, um, and that's Violent Night. Hmm. Um, I really oh, yeah. wanted to see this one. I was really excited for it because it just looked like a lot of fun, and I had very little fun during it, and 
um, everybody's telling me like, no, it was really fun. It was it was exactly what you're saying you wanted it to be. And I'm like, no, it took itself too seriously. Um, and like, I thought there was like a home alone scene that was really fun. And I thought that the way that the bad guy is finally dispersed of is one of my favorite moments of the year. But uh, not on this, not, not, not nominating that this year. I don't feel that highly about it. But um, but yeah, I I just didn't have fun with this. And it felt like John Leguizamo was in a different movie. Um, and that was just a shame. So. Okay. Uh, Violent Night, there you go. So here are the 12 nominees. Fall, Bones and All, Barbarian, The Batman, Violent Night, Weird, The Al Yankovic Story, The House, See How They Run, Men, Clerks 3, 13 Lives, and Avatar, The Way of Water. I have no clue how we're picking one of these. Uh, Is there anything that, is there any of these movies that none of us love? It feels like one of us loves every movie that was listed uh, on this list. Is that not true? I don't know how Andrew feels about Batman, but I just like batman i, I do think I'm it's robert overrated. but i know andrew is super high side alone. okay yeah okay yeah. yeah that's yeah he's the one that loves the batman so yeah. that would be a bold choice for this category yeah. <laughs> almost 37 years of dna embedded in me saying no matter what batman does you have to love him uh-huh. so. yeah yeah uh anybody want to throw out another choice so how many people like barbarian I really like Barbarian a lot. Schweitzer? Okay. I've not seen it, but okay. I feel like I would really like it. Okay. 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 So what mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. movie called Weird, the Al Yankovic story? I haven't <laughs> seen this stop. one. Just move on. Let's go How dare you. I'm going to veto that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, see how they run. Uh, I, I don't no. like that movie. Uh, uh, Aaron, I think the Aaron's uh, are too, too much on that corner. Yeah. Um, so what else do we got? Yeah, what were the other? Is, I mean, I Clerks Three is interesting. I, I haven't seen it. I mean, the, and that's sometimes where we go with this category is with one that not <laughs> that only a couple of us have seen. Yeah. But um, I just don't know that I. I don't. Is it overrated? Do people love that movie? I just haven't heard a lot of like. I think fanboys love it. Yeah, there are high audience um, scores and solid critic scores for it. But isn't it just because of the Kevin Smith of it all? Like, I don't know that that's unexpected. Um, I didn't love it. Um, well, I didn't even it's like fine. it. It was just it was meh uh, to me. I, I probably like it the most of the three of us, but that's not saying a ton. Um, as a three point two letterboxed average. Yeah, that's 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 was surprising high. to me. Yeah, yeah. But that's because, yeah, there's Kevin Smith fanboys that are going to give it five. Uh, it seems to middle around three. To four. Robert, you love Bones and All, right? Yes. Yes, I yeah. love Bones and All. Um, who, did any of you, uh, Andrew, you didn't love Fall, did you? No. What about you two, Robert and Aaron? How did you feel so about the I, movie? I wanted to see it, and then I heard you and a bunch of other people say it wasn't good, and I just kind of decided to save my money. For a running theme of the show, I haven't seen it. Take a drink of water because it's nine thirty in the morning. Well, it sounds like it fall. either needs to be Clerks three or Fall. Um, I haven't you guys seen think? Fall, so I'd, or I mean, I haven't seen Clerks three, so I'd go with Fall. What do you guys, uh, Aaron and Robert, are you comfortable with that? Even though you haven't seen it, I'm comfortable with Fall just because, like, I saw a couple high ratings at the beginning, and then it just a barrage of low ratings, and I was, and that was enough to dissuade me from even seeing it so i think that kind of means it was initially overrated mm-hmm. so what you're saying is your expectations took a fall 
took a fall. Uh, all so right. So what you're saying. Uh, okay, here's what we're going to do for 2002 most overrated movie. One of the most difficult categories. Uh, we are going to go with Fall as the most overrated. Uh, all right, that joins last year's Come On, Come On. Uh, as uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's move into underrated, shall we? Uh, I'll kick this one off, and I will nominate as most underrated. See how they run. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, actually, no, I won't. Uh, I just thought that would be funny to say. Uh, oh. I, I instead will nominate Nope. Um, I don't understand. And what's he, this is a really interesting one too, because when you talk about underrated, you know, obviously, uh, Nope. There's like Jordan Peele movies. There's a different level of expectation. The fact that this isn't getting really any awards buzz or any awards love. Um, that many of the people I've talked to just don't like it, don't get it. Um, I it, it kind of surprises me. Um, I was one of those uh, who was very much in the uh, us is overrated camp. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's not like I'm a Jordan Peele apologist. Uh, I don't think us is a great film, but I think Nope is a great film. I really do. The more I think about it, the more I sit with it. Um, so yeah, I think us is underrated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so nope would be uh, my first nomination for underrated. Uh, Andrew, why don't you go next? I am going to go with the movie that I mentioned earlier, Thirteen Lives. I think this one might fall more into the underseen than underrated because I, I I know it's kind of like one of those hidden gems on Amazon, but I really do think that uh, uh, obviously Aaron, you and I are not the only ones who thought that. Uh, this movie was, you know, incredible, but also, you know, we have Rod, Rod, Robert saying that it's a, uh, was it, I don't know, did you say you were let down by it or was it just that the documentary was better? Uh, both. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah, we there are people on both sides about this one, but I think that this is a really good movie. Uh, all right. Um, I think that takes us to Robert. What is your first nomination for Underrated? So this one has very low audience scores and the the critic scores are pretty solid, but I'm going to go for it anyway. And that's Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. Mm, um, interesting choice, yeah. Both Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall are... I almost said Regina George. Regina Hall are incredible <laughs> in this. Um, there are a lot of layers to it, um, both on... Uh, there, there's a lot of layers, both like in just social commentary and like there's commentary on religion the the business of mega churches abuse of power and even marriage too um mm -hmm. the way that it um blends you know your typical narrative film cinematography with like a mockumentary style is something i've never seen done before and it's really really effective um and again i just need to come back to how great regina hall and sterling k brown are they absolutely <laughs> carry the movie no, um, I'm laughing because of Regina George. Yeah, <laughs> Regina George is great in this movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I I just really really loved it, and I didn't see it getting nearly as much love as I thought it should have. That's a solid choice. That's a solid choice. Uh, Honk for Jesus, save your soul. Uh, Aaron, give us a couple nom nominees for this category. Yeah, I, I gotta just kind of preface. I I haven't seen a ton of bad movies this year because um, I've 
been a, I've been late to the party all the time, so I'm, I'm I haven't seen movies that um, people generally consider bad. Um, but I have to kick it off with Babylon. Um, I really love Babylon, and uh, I'm surprised that it's not getting more attention. Um, like I, for the Sif Pop Writers Room episode, only two of us had it in the top five of the year, um, and it's to me this is. It's not a perfect movie, but um, I like this significantly more than everybody else. It's a weird one to try to feel how it's actually being perceived right now because I know a lot of people who have it, you know, mm-hmm. really high on their list. Um, it's certainly like Critics' Choice had the second most nominations of any film. Like, you know, it's uh, people are, it is getting awards buzz. Um, I strangely think it will not get nominated for Best Picture, um, uh, but we'll see. Uh, But you're right. There is a dismissal of the movie amongst a lot of circles as well. So I think it's polarizing. And when a movie is polarizing, it's it's harder to tell how it's being rated. But I don't mind it in this category. Um, Yeah, it's that... It's that weird, like, is it... Like, people are really either really high or really mid on the movie. I just feel like... There's so many people, including Robert, that are just really like mid or I don't even know where I land on mm-hmm. it. I think I think once it becomes available on a streaming service and people either get to rewatch it or finally sit down and watch a three hour movie um, that isn't called Avatar around Christmas time, um, that it'll be a, it'll be a hit. I am. I'm telling you, the second watch for me solidified it um, as a great filmmaking, in my opinion. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think it, it's one that will. Uh, reward multiple watches. Um, what if that that would be an interesting category? Best second watch uh, movie of the year, hmm. which I think I would award to Glass Onion this year. My second watch of Glass Onion blew my mind. Um, I did so, like the movie so much more on a second viewing. Yeah. So um, so anyhow. Uh, all right. And your second. Uh, none of these terribly fit the category. So. Let's go with Bullet Train. I think I just like this movie significantly more than everybody else. Like, again, it's generally well-received, right? Yeah. Like, mid to high, like, right? But this, I love Bullet Train, unashamedly. This one definitely, kind of like uh, uh, the last one we were talking about, definitely went up on a second viewing for me, too. I, I was going to nominate it if, if nobody else did. Oh, cool. Um, right. I think it fits this category perfectly. Uh, I, I don't think nearly enough people are talking about how, you know fun and interesting and it's not it's not just fun interesting action mm-hmm. it's actually constructed really really well and its ideas about chance and those kind of things are really interesting and and plays with it throughout and of course that's a get out of jail free card for the movie which is interesting it kind of gave itself the, the freedom mm-hmm. to have as much convenience as it wanted because that's the point of the movie um, but it works for me. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that choice uh, quite a bit. Um, Robert, what's your next nominee? Uh, this one might also go into Underseen, but also it has low audience scores, and that's God's Country, um, starring Tendue Newton. Um, it's a very interesting commentary on who the country of America like actually, quote-unquote, belongs to. Um, it's about this, this woman who lives in, like, secluded Montana and works at a university and uh, a a black woman who lives there and people are like trespassing on her property and not taking her seriously and she teaches at a university and 
uh, no one is taking her calls for diversity seriously. Um, it it's just uh, really well done, um, and it I th it just flew under the radar all year for me. I think, um, and Newton is giving probably an honorable mention performance for me, but um, just all around, I think it needs to be seen and talked about more. Nice. Uh, this is the first movie I that we've talked about that I haven't seen, so um, I'll have to check that one out. Uh, yeah, really good. God's Country. Uh, Andrew, what is your second nominee? So, you all know me. I have a love for Robert Eggers, so my pick for underrated movie is going to be The Northman. Uh, I love absolutely everything about this movie. Yes, I understand I have pre-going pre in biases for this movie. This movie mm. was made for me. Um, but I think that it is a visual masterpiece. That final fight scene with Skarsgård uh, where they're uh, in the volcano and it just looks like they're fighting in hell. It's, it's such a... Visually, I don't care if you don't like the way, uh, you know, Robert Eggers tells stories. I, know, I get that part, but... I I don't understand people who would say that this movie is not a visual masterpiece. It is absolutely gorgeous. The acting is great. Skarsgård continues to impress and make me mad because no one person should have this many things going for them in life. You know, being a good actor, being a male model, and, you know, looking like that, it's just not fair. Is this movie more in the awards conversation if it's released in November? instead of March. It might be. It might be. Because like, I think people Jake generally like the comments, it. Like, yeah, like I think this is a pretty liked movie. I mm. think that I think it's doing better being released earlier this year because I think that there's too many movies like this art housey, you know, in November and December and October around that time. So I think that it coming out early year makes it more memorable. And it has left left a lasting impression on me. There you go. The Northman. Uh, all right. Now, I've got two on the turn. For my final two nominees in this category, I am going first uh, with The Sea Beast. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm just Ooh. not here. The fact that this movie isn't being nominated for animation awards is blowing my mind. Like, I don't understand. Uh, I was glad to hear that they have ordered a sequel. Um, I think this is a great universe to return to. Um, I believe it's done by the the same guy that did Big Hero 6, which is another movie I love. Uh, clearly understands action filmmaking, action animation. Uh, some of the action scenes in The Sea Beast are phenomenal. Um, yes, it's How to Train Your Kraken. I get that. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like uh, uh, something we haven't seen before. Um, but it is still yet something we haven't seen before. Um, and it's, it's visually stunning. So yeah, I think sea beast, uh, needs to be in this category. And then Very finally, uh, for this category, I'm going to go with fresh, um, a movie that came mm. out earlier this year, uh, that I think is really, really good. And for somebody who rightfully gets taken to task for not liking a lot of horror, um, this is one I think that was constructed well, had something to say, and said it in a really interesting way. Um, this is the movie, in my opinion, that does what men wanted to do so much better. Um, the way that it handles gender dynamics and what it means to be a woman dating in the modern world uh, is is really, really... There's, there's a scene 
where it's just a date scene and I can't stop thinking about it because of how clearly it represents the kind of nonsense that women have to put up with from men. Um, and it's, it's fresh is just, it's, I think it's really good. And I wish more people were talking about it. So, uh, I haven't underrated. Sorry. I, I blacked out for one. a second. You were talking about a cannibal movie. It was bones and all, right? <laughs> no, this movie <laughs> is if men's and bones and all were good movies, they would look like fresh. Um, so yeah, <laughs> uh, Robert's about to log off. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Andrew, what's your final nominee? Uh, my final nominee is going to be the movie that honestly, out of every movie that's come out this year that I've come back to think and ponder about, that's Vengeance, the B.J. Novak movie. Mm-hmm. I have found myself coming back to the ending, especially of that movie, and what it represents, what it's trying to say, what it, uh, what the whole movie means about you know uh, uh, the life we live online and. Uh, how once you separate yourself from that and you actually come back to the real world and you see what everything going around you is is totally different than this amazing perfect little bubble that you've uh you know built for yourself around um i think that boyd hallbrook is great ashton kutcher coming in as this really kind of sleazy creepy he needs to be in more stuff he really does i he's got a really great screen presence and it was was really good here yeah xrp is not really going anywhere ashton so you need to leave ripple and then start making more (laughs) movies you know that's right um yeah i think that this is a great movie and everybody that i've talked to lives in like a heartland texas you know they say oh yeah this is a documentary i know every single one of those people (laughs) yeah yeah, Vengeance. Good choice. Uh, Robert, what's your next nominee? Um, white Noise. I mm. I think I might be the one person who liked White Noise, like, <laughs> who loved White Noise. Um, I actually talked about it at length on the Writer's Room Review Roundup, but um, I know Baumbach kind of went way out of his comfort zone from like his typical grounded, very uh, muted family dramas, but um, he's doing his Spielberg here, and he oh. is... Um, portraying a worldview that I kind of resonate with. Um, even though I haven't read the book and a lot of people are saying like this is the story is kind of of its time, it still worked for me now, um, especially the first two acts. Um, it kind of loses a little bit of steam at the end. I was ready to put it like in my top five at that point, but towards the end, it kind of loses a bit of steam. But I still really liked it. I think Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig, and especially the kids are all giving really great performances. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun and a lot of really dry humor, I think. Um, yeah, like I said, I just really love this. I like this pick a lot. That's a really good pick. Especially because LCD sound system and the ending of this movie during the credits is like one of my mm. favorite scenes in the entire year. That's so it. good. Yeah, I love the music video at the end. Just not a fan of the movie before it. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Aaron, what is your final choice for nominee yeah probably goes in the underseen category but um jackass 4.5 um was a like netflix release and got like no marketing no promotion anything and i had just as much fun as the like full movie so um i like i would just put them comparable to me so Wait, they're, they're um, different that's a things? great picture bill yeah, they're different things. Um because oh. after two they did two point five and three was three point five. And it's 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 just all the stuff that they cut from the from the movie. Yeah, it's and all so the there's leftovers. some really interesting yeah. 
there's like some really interesting like how they dealt with COVID restrictions and stuff like that and shutting down due to COVID and they do kind of explore the nature of having a female on the set a little bit. Yeah. Not enough in um, my opinion. The, I there's some really interesting sure. articles to be written about gender dynamics as it as it uh, relates to the jackass idea. Um and uh I that that to me is the most yeah. interesting part of Jackass Four. Uh, like on a nuance level, and I just I haven't really heard anybody uh, talking. I haven't heard them talking about it in detail. They they kind of brush sure. on it in four point five, but not in in a really yeah. meaningful way. Well, that's crazy. Well, and then there's just stunts that like are worthy of being in the movie that for some reason got shoved to four point five. Mm -hmm. So uh, I liked it just as much as the main. Yeah. So uh, just no marketing. So not a lot of people saw it, even though it was. <laughs> Just straight to Netflix and feature. Well, Aaron, so. you know what's wild is the fact that I thought this was the movie that was released in theaters. I thought that this was just like after it had its theater run, they just put it on Netflix. So there's an. <laughs> I know what Andrew's doing tomorrow. No, no, honestly, there's an entire Jackass movie. I guess that I haven't yeah. seen, and and it's full length. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it is. Uh, all right, so here are the nominees for underrated of 2022. 13 Lives, Nope, Jackass, 4.5, Bullet Train, Sea Beast, Talk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, Babylon. God's Country, The Northman, Fresh, Vengeance, and White Noise. Uh, there's several of these I'd be okay with. Anybody want to start off the kind of the debate? Either Northman or Vengeance for me are the ones that I would be adamant I about nominating. Really didn't like Vengeance. And I don't. That's the point. The, <laughs> I struggle with calling Northman overrated. I think right. people that have seen it really love it. Um, underrated, you mean? Yeah, it's it's yeah. it, it, it does feel a little sorry. weird to call the Northman underrated. There, there the one that I think be best fits that we might all like is Bullet Train, um, because I do also think like Nope is kind of properly rated. I see a lot of people who really like it, um, but I think Bullet Train's Bullet a great Train choice in my opinion. Has, I was going to nominate it. Yeah. Um, okay, Andrew, I'm do you, with that. yeah. Well, yeah, because I I really liked the movie when it came out. I was like kind of teetering on loved it. Uh, the ending is where I have the big issue, you know, where Aaron, like you said, they all fly the wrong way. And it just feels outside of us. Like most people are just like yeah. meh, or even yeah, I didn't really care for that. And I'm just like, I don't I don't understand why it's not. You know, well, it's there's almost seven. 7.3 on IMDb, 54 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's. I think this works. Like that's that's. No, it's a really yes. good movie. I think this works. Uh, I think the 2002 uh, movie for underrated is Bullet Train, and that will join. Bullet Train came out in 2002. <laughs> Sorry, 2022. So uh, wait, it's the 20s. Uh, <laughs> that's so... the slowest train ever. <laughs> You missed a lot, Aaron. Wow. By the way, you're a grandpa. Soon. Oh, nice. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um, I must be 60 years old. Uh, no. Well, yeah. Um, this this joins last year's most underrated movie, M. Night Shyamalan's Old. Uh, yeah. So uh, there you go. I would All be right. remiss real quick if I didn't say that Bullet Train does go off the rails by the end. Uh, <laughs> hey. But I still like it. <laughs> Uh, no, you would not be remiss. Uh, you you would be in exactly the right place to say that. All right. Uh, that brings us to our final category. This will operate just a little bit differently. We will do our top five TV shows. We'll each count them down, number five to number one. Um, we will do this quickly, uh, and then um, we will pick a show of the year between the four of us. Um, Is this Trump rules or no? No, no, we don't usually do Trump rules okay. on these countdowns. We let people just talk about it when they're ready to talk about it. Uh, so, uh, um, 
Let's do television. What's that? Uh, Robert, heard of it. you're going to kick us off with your number five. Uh, Severance. Um, good choice. I really love the concept for this. Um, it's just a good hook and a good buy-in. And then from there, it you have a great mystery, I think, um, with an also great cliffhanger for season two. Um, yeah. And most of all, I just love, love, love the cast so much especially John Turturro, who I think is possibly my favorite TV performance of the year. Um, nice. Yeah, Severance is just really, really good. I didn't see too much TV this year. I saw maybe 10, 12 shows, but this is easily one of my favorites. It, good choice, good choice. We will definitely be talking about it later. How do you want us to, like, if we have it hired, do you want us to say we'll talk about it later too? Or No, we, you don't have to mention it until it's on your list. Okay, um, cool. That way it's, uh, we kind of get to surprise each other. All right. Um, so Severance is your number five. Uh, I will also say, just because I don't think I clarified, our TV rules are just calendar year. If a new episode of the show aired in this calendar year, uh, it counts uh, in, in the calendar year of 2022. It counts as uh, a possible choice. So, uh, Aaron, what's your number five? Uh, this is the year I discovered Letterkey, which has uh, two seasons a year. So... Um, new episodes came out in May and in December. Um, or maybe maybe this was only one set because Shorzy came out this year. No, Shorzy is the one that came anyway, out earlier this year. There there were new episodes of Letter Kenny this year. Yeah. And um, I've just fallen in love with this cast, this city. And um, every time there's new episodes, it's just... Um, it manages to be continually original and uh, uh, makes me... It just gives me a warm feeling inside while also laughing a lot. It's the funny. It's the funniest show on TV. It really is. And, uh, uh, all right, my number five. I'm going to go with the bear uh, for my number five. Uh, really, really enjoy this. I'm glad it's coming back. I think this is a really great cast together. I think they they work really well together. I also think the show did some really interesting things. There's a one take episode that yes. doesn't doesn't. It doesn't use the one take as a gimmick. It really genuinely uses it as a way to tell the story better. And um, yeah, I, I, I found all of this very captivating and very interesting. So the bear is my number five. Uh, Andrew, what's your number five? What I like about the bear is that that first episode starts off and you're like, did I watch? Is this the pilot? Because it just drops you right in with no like exposition or anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it's a really good show. My number five is Stranger Things. Uh, Stranger Things is back, baby. This last season was so good. Uh, the episode that I'm that I, obviously everybody loves the most is Dear Billy. Uh, it's so powerful. It's so emotionally draining uh, in a good way. You just love... I've loved these characters since they were kids. They're all young adults now. It's wild. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Stranger Things, especially this new season, really, really good. Nice. Uh, all right. Robert, your number four. This is one that I only caught up with, like, fully in the last couple months, but it's Abbott Elementary. Um Nice. This it wears its inspirations on its sleeve, like it feels very much like Parks and Rec or The Office, but it's still unique in its own way. Um, and speaking of casts, this is possibly my favorite cast on TV. Um, Janelle James, the principal, is literally every line she says has me cracking up. Um, yeah, it's consistently funny, and it, unlike a lot of 
sitcoms like this, mockumentary sitcoms, it found its tone and its voice right away. Um, it knows it's exactly what it is from the, from the beginning. Um, yeah, and it's just hilarious, and I'm looking forward to this being in my life for the next, like, eight years. Nice. Good choice, good choice. Aaron, you're number four. Uh, this is where I have Stranger Things. Um it's probably a little overrated for me, but um, it's still this still is a great season, um, and uh, not everything works. I think really anything that has to do with Hopper just doesn't work in the season, but everything else just does. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for more Stranger Things. I'm excited for it to like have an endpoint. It feels like we're kind of reaching that endgame, and so that's exciting to me. Nice. Uh, my number four is Andor. Uh, Andor comes in at number four for me. Uh, boy, it's nice to have like great Star Wars material t- to watch. <laughs> a, a, sh- a show, a show that understands that Star Wars is the universe; it doesn't have to be the everything. Um, and just a talented team. Uh, the show probably contained one of the greatest uh, heists I've ever seen in a television show, um, and contained one of the greatest prison escapes I've ever seen in a television show. Like two of these things that we've seen done time and time again in the show, uh, just elevated them. Uh, A lot of interesting concepts, a lot of great performances. I am pumped to see how this finishes out. Um, and it just continually, the other part of it is just continually makes the movie better. Um, and so that's that's really really fun. Um, so yeah, Andor is my number four. Remember when this was announced and it was like really, and then <laughs> and then it was amazing, and then it was amazing. Uh, Andrew, what's your number four? I am gonna go with something given to us by Taylor Sheridan. It's called 1883. Guys, I don't know if you know about this, but Taylor Sheridan, he 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 write, he writes he writes good things. <laughs> and lots of them. And lots of them. Um, yeah, he pretty much owns Paramount at this point. <laughs> Every show on Paramount <laughs> is a Taylor Sheridan uh, pro- uh, project. But this this is so good. It's Wild West. It's it's literally the story of the Oregon Trail. And if I were to tell you, or if somebody were to tell me at the beginning of this year that I think that's Taylor or Tim McGraw and Faith Hill are going to give awards worthy performances i would have scoffed and laughed i but they're so good and isabel may who is our main uh uh uh, character in the show is just absolutely stellar and of course sam elliott so yeah if you you haven't seen it you don't need to see all of you don't even need to see any of uh yellowstone to uh, enjoy this or 1923 uh all right robert your number three I'll be able to see 1883 if I didn't see one through 1882. Yes. Okay. Yeah. My number three. You're going to miss a couple good performances. Okay. Um, My number three. Yeah. Is one that I don't know how many people saw, let alone liked. And that's the patient, um, the miniseries starring Steve Carell and Donald Mm -hmm. Gleason. Um, Yeah. It's anchored by those two great performances because it's something like eight episodes and most of it is just the two of them sitting across from each other having conversations. Um, but at any time one of them could, could kill the other. So that's kind of where the the tension comes from. Um, there's a lot of really interesting stuff about fathers and parents and children and why we become the way that we are, um, Mm -hmm. and whether and how we can overcome it. Um, I hope this is just a mini series. I don't, I don't know if it's going to get a second season. I hope not. Um, 
but I, I really like the look at therapy and the, the ten, the tension that it builds in every single episode. Um, when I was watching the first couple episodes, I was thinking it might work better as a movie, but the way that it's just very intentionally paced works really well for its however many episodes it was. So yeah, I think great. it would have been a great movie though. I think it would have been a great movie, and the in these performances are astonishing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah, no, there's nowhere near enough talk about this show. Um, yeah. I think it might be the best I've ever seen Steve Carell. If you kind of push a couple of his comedy things to the side, yeah. It yeah. sounds like the sequel to My Dinner with Andre is intense. <laughs> yes, it got very, very intense. Uh, Aaron, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is the funniest show on TV, and that's uh, What We Do in the Shadows. So uh, good. This <laughs> uh, Somehow this show just gets better every season, and that's remarkable because the first season was already like perfect. So, uh, But the introduction of baby Colin Robinson for the season was um, <laughs> just a really fresh like breath of life into the show uh, which it didn't need um but yeah uh i i love this show this i think this is a season i watched three and four back to back this year this is also the one with the uh the the, the genie right the yes the yes the one that always yeah. tried to, tries to subvert your wish in some way mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yeah and he gives nandor like a hundred wishes yeah. or whatever and he won't tell him when he's done yeah um yeah i just, every part of the show just really worked uh, the the scene where they um like bring in the people to do the like house hunters show uh, was was one of my favorites um, or the home makeover edition yeah. whatever uh, just w- incredible episode I love and it and you've got uh, the I really love the show I was I was just gonna say that Robert the best line delivery of the year New York City <laughs> uh, very nice good choice um all right, let's uh, let's continue on. I will do my number three. This is where I have the rehearsal uh, in at number three. Uh, some shows I love because they're entertaining. Some shows I love because they make me laugh. Some shows I love because they blow my mind. Uh, the rehearsal blew my mind. Um, I just think there is something so perverse about this show that is really fascinating to think deeper about and to go into the nuances of the ethics of it, the morals of it. Um, uh, If you haven't checked it out, it is, I think, worth a watch. Um, Just the, the, the way the show starts as one thing and ends as another and the way I still to this day don't know if that was the plan or if that's just what Mm -hmm. happened uh, mm-hmm. All of that is is to me a sign of a really well done production, and so uh, Nathan Fielder certainly has his his market cornered uh, at this point for the type of thing he does. And um, yeah, I it was one of those shows was getting some buzz, so I watched the first few episodes and was just like, "What is going on here?" Watched the whole thing; it blew my mind. Then went back and watched every single episode of Nathan for you. Um, and what was interesting going in that order is you see the seeds of mm-hmm. so much of what happens in the rehearsal in some of the Nathan for you episodes. Uh, and um, especially in finding Francis, mm-hmm. the finale. Yeah. Yeah. There were several. There's the one where they do uh, the uh, the bar scene, recreate the bar scene and do it over and over again for an audience um, mm-hmm. that I saw a lot of the rehearsal in that one as well. Uh, but 
yeah, I just I can't say enough uh, good things about the rehearsal and um, and taking some time to watch it. Uh, so it's it's devastating in some ways too. Uh, so so you'll like it, Robert. Uh, it's really really devastating. So um, yes, that's, that's your bag. Uh, all right, so Andrew. Yeah, Robert, I have a good feeling you like that one a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, Andrew, what is your number three? My number three is a Showtime show called Yellow Jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, this probably ha- this show gripped me more than any other show this year. Um, I just could not wait for the next episode. I was hooked. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like if Stephen King wrote Lord of the Flies. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's so good. I I think all the performances by the the younger girls and the older women, everybody is like matched up perfectly with their older or younger self. It's just great, great casting. I love Christina Ricci, Julia Lewis. I uh, cannot wait for season two. All right. Uh, let's, that's Yellow Jackets. Let's get into our number twos. Robert, what do you got at number two? So, where I have Barry season three. Um, nice. I, Barry is one for me that's just gotten better every season and it started off at like a nine out of 10. <laughs> so um, it's one of my maybe three favorite shows on TV currently. Um, and I really, really like how it's evolved to be so much more mature. Not that it was immature to start, but it's just like gotten so dark and heavy and almost abandons the comedy completely. Um, in some episodes, I think the last episode doesn't have any laughs um, and it works perfectly. Um, I just, at this point, I hope that it ends after next season or a couple more at the most, because I don't know what else you can do because of how, how uh, specific of an arc Bill Hader's taken Barry on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. Great, great season. Great show. I agree. Aaron, what's your number two? I also have Barry here. Ah. Um, it really feels like Barry season four, like is going to be the last, um, just with the way the season three kind of, kind of goes. But um, yeah, Bill Hader is giving an excellent performance, and so is Henry Winkler. I think like it's easy to overlook him because Bill Hader is so good. Um, and Bill Hader is also doing some really great directing work here. I think he did three or four of the episodes this season, um, and he so, and he did the one that is like the Lion. the technical highlight of the yeah of of the like of the season. The one with the barista. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's called Lion, um, but it's spelled with like numbers and stuff. I couldn't tell you, but I will take your word for it. Um, but yeah, it's it's like I think Henry Winkler got some love, and he did. Did he win? Was it? Oh, a he's cleaning up this year. Yeah. Is yeah. He? Okay. Either way, he's just easy to overlook because Bill Hader is so good. Um, I can't wait. Kind of like the season finale really feels like uh, like a horror movie, so I can't wait until Bill ha- Bill Hader decides to dive into horror. Um, you know, similar to other known comedians in the past. Um, Man, Barry is so close to being the um, the best show on TV. Very nice. Uh, Barry in at number two. Uh, my number two is Better Call Saul. Um, I, it, it, there's a lot said about how hard it is to finish a TV series. And um, I think this show finishes so, so well. Um, I It's also interesting in a show like this where they... 
the more you know about how they do it, uh, the more amazing it becomes that it's good because they write themselves into corners on this show. You would watch this show and go, oh, clearly they had a six season plan. I think it was six seasons. I could be wrong about that. Um, maybe five. They had a plan over the course of these seasons to get to this place. And nope, when they created that first you know, uh, sequel scene, black and white at the Cinnabon in the very first season of Better Call Saul. They had no clue how they were going to get there or what it would mean. Uh, they just wanted to set up something for themselves. Um, so that's really interesting to me. I think this movie walks a really beautiful line between uh, playing on the nostalgia of a known property and finding its own thing. Um, so, yeah, Better Call Saul is just in. Beyond everything I just said is just incredible filmmaking. Um, just a lot of the shot selection and the way they're choosing to shoot this stuff is is really, really cool. So uh, really dig Better Call Saul. It's my number two. Uh, Andrew, what's your number two? My number two is Demon Slayer, the anime. Uh, this last district uh, season that they did pushed the definitions of or push the boundaries of what an anime could do. Um, I talked uh, last year, whenever the movie came out, because the way that the show works is they do a season, then a movie, then a season, then a movie. So, um, but this last season pushed like uh, cinematically what a, an anime could be. And uh, not even hyperbole. There's an episode in this season that I would consider putting in like the top 10 best episodes of a show I've ever seen. It's absolutely remarkable. The story and the uh, cinematic master work that is going on right here. So if you haven't picked it up, I cannot recommend it enough. That is Demon Slayer and at number two. All right, time for a number ones. Robert, what is your number one television show that had an episode in 2022? <laughs> It's the rehearsal. Uh, oh, I knew it. <laughs> it's easily my my favorite uh, TV to come out by far. Um, Nathan Fielder, he is just he, he's just something else. Uh, he has like a beautifully twisted but scary mind. Um, and there are so many ways to look at what's happening in the show and just trying to make sense of it all. Like you said, like what is real? What was planned? Who's an actor? Who's not? Am I an actor? Like, what is going on? I don't, <laughs> am I in this show? <laughs> am I in this show? Um, by the end, like the very last shot of the season, it's almost making fun of you for looking at the ethics and what's mm -hmm. going on. And that just adds to a whole other layer where it's just like, does he care about what he's doing? Does he is he interested in reckoning with it or is he just going to keep going? Um, I've never watched a TV show where every week like this was the thing that I've looked forward to the most. Um, I was just mind blown each and every week, especially um, the week where his teenage son comes, like where the, where the son is a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, that that was the best episode of TV I saw this year. Um, yeah. My wife uh, liked to watch the episodes with me, but she didn't like to stay up late when they premiered at 11. So I was just like watching each of them twice and then maybe a couple more times during the week. Um, that episode was just absolutely blowing my mind just with each new development that happened. Um, 
yeah, I could go on about the Rivers for a long time because it was easily my favorite thing. So, yeah. So did you uh, did you watch them a few times before with your wife to try to practice like how you would react to certain scenes? And <laughs> I kind of did in some ways. Yes. <laughs> amazing, amazing. All right, uh, Aaron, what is your number one television show of twenty twenty two? My favorite show of twenty twenty two is Under the Banner of Heaven. Mm. Um, this is. Uh, all right, so I love this show so much because it starts off, you kind of think it's going to be another murder and mystery mm-hmm. movie, uh, sh- show, rather. It's a miniseries, so if I say movie, fine. Um, it's, uh, so I, I was like really expecting kind of like season one of True Detective, but it does base around um, people who like identify with uh, the Latter-day Saints church. And um, the uh, it, I just thought it was going to be, Another, like a season of True Detective, so it was going to be a really good detective show, and it winds up being something more. Um, and I wrote, I wrote the Sif Pop review um, for it, so I don't want, I don't really want to just repeat myself, but I think what the show winds up actually accomplishing is, is Andrew Garfield's character, who's given incredible performance by the way, trying to reconcile with being associated with people who take radical ideas of Christianity because there's essentially this thought in the show where they'd say, well, first they say, Hey, well, we shouldn't have to pay taxes because of our religiosity. And then eventually that evolves into, well, we should be able to marry multiple people because of this, that we can justify through scripture. And, uh, um, and then eventually like, how far does that go before they can justify murder, uh, you know, blood atonement. And uh, uh, yeah, the show just really kind of uh, hammers that home to just show how um, people can take religiosity to an extreme and uh, in not great ways, but then how do you still reconcile with being associated with those people? Um, which is kind of exactly how I felt the last couple of years with all everything going on in the world. So yeah. um, I love the show. I think one of my favorite things about the show is that it is uh, that it really, in my mind at the same time as it's, painting uh the things that religion can do that it's also showing a respect for people of faith and people who are deconstructing their faith who are really thinking about you know what they believe and where it comes from and and what it means and the show i think uh, handled that really really well like there was a real respect for um in this in this case the mormon church uh there right i believe it was a, a mormon yep. sect um that that the the show deals with is it based and, on true story? Um, yes. Okay. Yes, but it does take some liberties, uh, if my research yeah. is correct. Um, so I, I did appreciate that about the show, that it was willing to be nuanced uh, like that. So, yeah, good choice. It manages to criticize religion in a pretty heavy way, but also, yeah, still be respectful, still be... Of the people who I believe. Know, I don't know if hopeful is the right word. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. being able to draw that line. Um, it's not saying don't believe things because, you right. know... Yeah, anyway. Uh, very nice. My number one show for the first time in Sif Pop history, I will have the same show at number one two years in a row because it aired over December and January of last year. So I can count it in both. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Station Eleven is one of the best TV shows ever made. Uh, did have new episodes in January this year. Uh, so uh, I'm glad that I get to sing its praises once again. Um, it is astonishing 
filmmaking uh, in a TV show format. Uh, this this show blows me away. So it is my number one again this year. Um, Andrew finishes off. What's your number one? My number one has already been mentioned before. I think it was Robert's number five, and that's Severance. It's it's Severance, man. I mean, the core group of people that we deal with, like Adam Scott and Britt Lauer, uh, Trammell Tillman, uh, Patricia Arquette, John Turturro. I mean, everybody in the show is perfect for their role. It's such a unique and clever story. I have watched the first season multiple times now. And every single time I do, there's something new to treasure about it. It's just, you can tell that they were patient and they took the time to make sure that this world makes sense and that the story we're following doesn't have any plot holes or anything. It's a very well-told story that I cannot wait to see more of. So Severance is easily my number one of the year. Very nice. Well, there you go. There are choices. Before we get into the debate to pick our number one, uh, I will take a little bit of creator's privilege here on the podcast to shout out a few other shows. Uh, Blackbird, Strange New Worlds, Mythic Quest, uh, Players, Welcome to Wrexham, Fleischman's in Trouble, and The Power of the Ring are all great shows. Uh, <laughs> Power of the Ring. I saw you try to slip that one in. <laughs> uh, so, um, also Moon Knight. So- I was surprised nobody had Moon Knight on their list. So yeah, it's it's been it's been a really incredible year in TV. Too incredible, in fact, if you listen to a lot of people. Uh, too much to watch. Um, all right, so I think a good place to start is there were no shows where more than two people had them in their top five. There were three, sh- four shows, excuse me, where multiple people, where two people had them in their top five. Uh, Stranger Things had a five and a four. Severance had a five and a one. Barry had a two and a two. And the rehearsal had a three and a one. So of those, I think is a good place to kind of narrow us down and kind of go from that list. Sounds like it's either rehearsal or Barry based on those numbers. I have only seen the first episode of the rehearsal. Uh, but I loved it, so I would not begrudge that pick at all. I, and if I would have seen all six, it probably would have made. My have list. you seen all of the last season of Barry? Yeah, that was my number two. Okay, uh, I like Barry as a pick because I uh, I'm not really a Nathan Fielder fan. Okay, I also wouldn't be mad at Barry. But. Here's my, here's my final pitch for the rehearsal. Uh, and Andrew, if, yeah, I will leave it up to you whether we go with uh, Barry the rehearsal. Um, my final pitch for the rehearsal is that it kind of stands above the other shows as something completely unique and different from 2022, which is, um, you know, kind of fun for me to put it on the list for that way, but I am not opposed to Barry. So Andrew, what is the number one TV show for Sif pop for 2022? The number one pick coming in at number two and number two on somebody else on two people's list is Barry. Barry is the Sif Pop show of the year. I am fine with that. Because we all four have seen it and we all four really loved it. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, Last year's winner, by the way, was Ted Lasso. In case you were Makes yeah. sense. Uh, curious what won the show uh, last year. Well, there you go. We did it, guys. It yeah, only took we did. us what? Like, you know, two hours or so to, yeah. to get through it all. But we did the part one. So congratulations to all. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. 
It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to uh, Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Thank you to uh, producer Phil for producing the show. Thanks, Phil. Thanks to Aaron and Robert uh, for coming in and doing the annual sifties with us. Uh, you guys want to give one last shout out to anything as we close out this episode? Go to sifpop.com. <laughs> Listen to the Writer's Room Podcast. There we go. Very nicely done. Hey, if you want to send us any feedback, do that at feedback at sifpop.com. If you want to support what goes on here at sifpop and at sifpop.com, you can do that through the Patreon, patreon.com slash sifpop. Support starts at three bucks a month. Uh, and finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than thinking Avatar's a bad movie. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with the uh, next part, the next part of the Sifties. So we will see you then. Bye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.